When the Velvet Underground and Nico released in 1969, some critics of the album called it a glorification of drug use due to the inclusion of songs like Waiting for the Man, about waiting for a drug dealer, and Heroin, a song accounting the experience of using heroin. <laughs> Songwriter Lou Reed objected to the notion that these songs were promotions of drug use, but he did receive troubling anecdotes from fans now and again. Quote, I meant those songs to sort of exercise the darkness or the self-destructive element in me and hoped other people would take them the same way. When I saw how people were responding to them, it was disturbing. Because, like, people would come up and say, I shot up to heroin, things like that. For a while, I was even thinking that some of my songs might have contributed formatively to the consciousness of all these addictions and things going down with the kids today. But I don't think that anymore. It's really too awful a thing to consider, said Reed. It may have been thoughts like this that led to the gentle track that accompanied the hit single Walk on the Wild Side in 1972 as a double A-side release to promote his second studio album, Transformer, produced by Velvet Underground superfan David Bowie and legendary Spiders from Mars guitarist Mick Ronson. During its initial release cycle, Walk on the Wild Side received most of the fame, but the second track was thrown back into the public eye in the 90s, where it was featured in the 1996 film Trainspotting, a black comedy drama about heroin users. Maybe due to this film that listeners deemed this tender tune to secretly be about heroin. Of course, it could also be due to Reed's extensive history with heroin use. Reed himself called the drug interpretation of this song laughable in a radio interview in 2000. Quote, No, you're talking to the writer, the person who wrote it. That's not true. I don't object to that particularly. Whatever you think is perfect, said Reed. If Reed sounds a bit fed up in that quote, then it may be because he believes the song to be incredibly simple. Despite his belief, publications have been asking him about the meaning behind the song since its release. In 1973, Reed told NME the following when asked about what his song was about. Quote, that's a lovely song, a description of a very straightforward affair, said Reed. It may be straightforward for Reed, but the rest of the world has found it ambiguous enough to use for a multitude of purposes. In 1997, BBC used the single, recorded by an army of popular artists, including Reed, Bowie, Bono, Elton John, Amy Lou Harris, and many more, as a means to promote BBC radio and television. The single was later released as a charity single for BBC's Children in Need. The song was also recorded by a large group of no-name actors in 2013 for a PlayStation 4 ad, released just weeks before Reed's death. So whether it's doing drugs, giving money to the BBC, playing video games, or pronouncing the word sangria all weird, turns out there's quite a few ways to have a perfect day. That's right, we're talking Lou Reed's perfect day on Cover Me. Oh, it's such a perfect day. I'm glad I spent it with you. Oh, such a perfect day. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which one is going to reap just what it sows. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by my perfect co-host... Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. Yeah, didn't mess that up. No. It's pretty easy for me. Because it was was perfect. It's it's not hard even... Doing it for five years, I would imagine it's. But my voice has been uh, uh, has been rebelling today, so I didn't. Oh, that's right. Leave too much exercise something. in like two minutes, and and now I'm coughing a lot. That's right, people. Alex was fucking today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're doing it. Wait. So wait. What kind of obstacles were it? You didn't. Alex was doing an obstacle course for his corporate Brief, overlords. Yeah. Sort sort of like a Hunger Games light. Like a Hunger Games light. I had to do like a like a you know like a like a crawl under. I mean, they call it a barbed wire crawl, but they don't give you barbed wire because they don't want you to hurt yourself. Okay. Um, right. Sure. Yeah, you crawl under the strings or whatever, and then I had to do like a climb, like horizontal across a wall thing, and then 
okay, there was like a, okay. one of those big one of those big nets you you climb up and over okay, yeah. and, up and, and over, like some yeah. monkey bars and honestly that was all I had to do just to go right. really fast and like I didn't even break a sweat okay. <laughs> and then I couldn't breathe afterwards <laughs> it was really mm. weird but I could breathe actually I was just coughing a lot. you could breathe you was coughing a lot okay yeah anyway. um so it, it sounds like it was just military training yeah it's like that kind of stuff. If is you if you get really good like, at it, then they do the like uh, with like the salmon ladder and stuff like that. But I've never attempted that. You've never attempted the salmon ladder, yeah. Mm. Or like you know jumping over walls and stuff. Okay. Yeah. 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 That kind of stuff. Is it? Are you being trained to become like a, a corporate citizen? Are you going to be part of their private military company? What's going? on I mean, on if here? they had more than one session, then maybe. Okay, but it's just the one. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't know. It's just Calgary does this. It's the Calgary Corporate Challenge. They do it. It's every, a Calgary wide thing every okay. year. Yeah, um, and just a bunch of the corporations get together and do sporting events. Okay, interesting. And so, and esporting events as well. Esporting. Yeah, unfortunately, they took Mario Kart out, so I wasn't a part of that. Oh damn! Yeah. What other these? Where they got League of Legends? Yeah, like it's like League of Legends. I think they might have taken that one out. I think Fortnite, Fortnite and maybe okay. yeah. Rocket League. It's like that kind of Starcraft. Stuff. Starcraft. I don't think it was Starcraft. <laughs> Starcraft sixty four. Um, yeah, <laughs> Starcraft sixty four. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, that's corporations. Yeah, Great that's corporations. to talk about those. Love them. Loving pieces. Alex, we're talking not about corporations, we but about Lou Reed. Not talking about corporations. Yeah, we're talking about Lou Reed. We've talked about Lou Reed a couple times before. Um, yes. Not like solo or not. Um, we? No, it's typically been Velvet Underground stuff. Yeah, Velvet we've talked about the Velvet Underground and Nico album. We've talked about uh, Sweet Jane. Um, no, we haven't so, done We talked about I'll Be Your Mirror. Work. Yes. And I'll Be Your Mirror. The That's song right. and the, the album. Uh, the song and the album, yes. Um, yeah. But this is solo. Post that. And and it's I mean, it's wild. Obviously, uh I knew um the song, Walk on the Wild Side. Um, but it's wild to think like that this happened and it happened largely because like David Bowie was involved. <laughs> yeah, well, because that was he a big released- part of it. Lou Reed released his first solo album and it did terribly. It was self-titled yeah. Lou Reed and nobody fucking bought it. I have not Similar, listened to it. Nor have I. But David Bowie kind of coming into the peak of his powers here, maybe in 1972, was like, I'm just going to get dudes I really like to record music at a, like a studio with me. Yeah. And so he got Lou Reed and, and Iggy Pop. He kind of fucking just put those guys back into right, the limelight. Right. And here you get this Transformer, which yeah, not only David Bowie in a production role, but he and he of course features on a few tracks, including playing keyboards on this. Which I didn't, I didn't notice keyboards, but um, like piano? No, because piano's Mick Ronson. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what that would refer to then. <laughs> well, listen, maybe he was typing. But yeah, maybe he was the what's the word stenographer uh, yeah. for the recording sessions, but. Yeah, it has like it has definitely that like early seventies Bowie like Spiders from Mars DNA. Obviously yes, there. for sure. Um, and it's there. And like the idea that I mean, when I heard this album and when I heard this song, I was already 
pretty big fan of that stuff. So just to have more of that. And also oh, the yeah. Velvet Underground. Uh, yeah, it's a huge Velvet Underground fan. So just like to have all those things come together. It's just, just like, a, how did that even happen? Yeah, it's one of those things I was like, I didn't know they were making stuff just for me. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it appeals to a broader audience than me, but it's like, wow, yeah, <coughs> I would definitely want this. And, and they made it, and it's Transformer. Great album. It's uh, electric. Like, yeah. It's electric. Because of the Transformer. Ah, it changes. Yes, yes, I don't know. Yes, 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 yes Alex. It's, it's a robot in disguise, this yeah, album, it's a robot. Alex. It's a, it's a robot in disguise. Yeah. Yes, Alex. Alex, do you like Perfect Day? Is that your favorite track off this My favorite this album? track? No. I don't know my favorite. I don't know what I'd say. My, I just really like the album. It's a good song. Oh, it's I really like album. the song. It's a great Start song. Finish. You know? Um, it is a great song. Good yeah, feeling. It's good. It's good. It's almost like, it's it's uh, like Sunday morning kind of thing. Like There's a similar, I think, idea just to compare it to something off the Velvet Underground and Nico. Yeah. Of like I think there is similar some vibes DNA shared in, there. In, yeah, in yeah. Although uh, the story I heard about this, I mean, a lot of these songs were written mm-hmm. in Velvet Underground times. Um, yes, and there are apparently I haven't heard them, but like like live recordings and demos and stuff where it's yeah, the Velvet quite Underground a few of them. This kind of these songs. I don't think Perfect Day is one of those, though. Okay. So the yeah, ones that are from that are, I believe, Andy's Chest. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we got? Let me see here. I'm just pulling it up now because I did look at this today. Uh, uh, Andy's Chest was first recorded in 1969 by the Velvet Underground Satellite of Love, demoed in 1970. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the two major ones. New York Telephone Conversation and Goodnight Ladies were played live during the band's summer of 1970 residency at Max's Kansas City. So that's about four tracks off the album. And Vicious, of course, was uh, influenced by Andy Warhol. Right. Saying something weird. Yeah, because he <laughs> said, according to Reed Warhol, told him he should write a song about someone vicious. When Reed asked what he meant by vicious, Warhol replied, oh, you know, like I hit you with a flower. Which, of course, is a line that makes it directly into the song. And doesn't make any sense. Well, it does, but like... It, it, it perhaps makes sense, but it is it's some bizarro Warhol shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you ask any person what vicious is, I don't think their first definition would be like, you well, clarified. Like when I hit you with a flower. Like when I hit you with a flower? Yeah. Obviously. So yeah, that's about like give or take about half the the album is uh is previous works, but Perfect Day I think is actually written for this. Perfect Day, Walk on the Wild Side, and a couple others, of course, are Transformer Originals, nineteen seventy two originals. Um now Alex, people on the internet, they love to think songs are about drugs. Yeah. Uh do you think this one's about drugs? Um No, I don't. I mean, obviously, Lou Reed has come out and said explicitly, like, I didn't write it about drugs. I see yeah. why you'd think it was, though. Yeah. Um, because it can be about just like, I mean, or part of it, at least. Part of it doesn't really make sense. Um, yeah. But the idea of just like sitting around, you know, it, it, the events described in the song, like, yeah, okay, I could see that. Like, you just like sit around and shoot up heroin and I guess have a good time or whatever. I don't know if yeah. it's that true to life necessarily, but I like, I don't think, especially the first verse doesn't really speak to <laughs> feed like animals a, in the zoo. A, yeah. Go to a movie. These are all the things that heroin users yeah. do. Like. I've always said that junkies always 
feeding animals in the zoo. Yeah, after having sangria in the park. So let's talk about these lyrics, Alex, because <laughs> yeah, we're there. That. We're talking about it. It opens up, just a perfect day, drink sangria in the park, and then later, when it gets dark, we go home. Just a perfect day, feed animals in the zoo, then later a movie, too, and then home. Yeah, which seems to be somewhat contradictory, um, unless you go home in between. Or it's two different or it's perfect two different days. perfect days. Yeah, I guess the point is, it's a perfect day, because together. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't matter so, so much what they do, as long as they do. So, this is from Victor Bakri's Transformer, the Lou Reed story. The lyrics suggest simple, conventional, romantic devotion, possibly alluding to Reed's relationship with, I'm assuming it's Betty, but it's it's got an E on the end of, so it's B-E-T-T-Y-E, Betty Kronstadt, soon to become his first wife. Yeah, sure. Betty. So it could be that. It could just be he had, a, he had a good day with his wife. So, yeah, he describes these are very, like, pedestrian. It's very... Like every man activities, anyone could be doing this. Yeah, it's not, there's no like real grand romance to it. It's just hanging out, doing simple things, drink some, mm-hmm. drink some sangria. And then, yeah. most importantly, like you just spend the day together and go home. Like it's that, yeah, that's all it is. That's it. Yeah, it's perfect, yeah. simple. You don't need to be doing anything grandiose. It's a nice, it's a nice little depiction of love, I think. Yeah, which um, I think we saw, we've seen a little bit of in other, other Lou Reed songs, you know? Yeah. Talks about simple things. Um, and like, I'm even thinking of Sweet Jane where they're just sitting by the fire, like singing together or whatever. Listen to the radio. Yeah, it's like Sweet Jane, as we kind of talked about, is just like, no matter what love looks like, it is love. And yeah. so he kind of depicts these loves that are different to him and like... It's, he has a very good, for being such like a crotchety prick, he has very good and I think beautiful depictions of love in his work. (coughs) It's quite interesting. Yeah, sometimes artists have that, where they don't come off the way they, or maybe they express themselves just differently through their poetry or lyrics than they're speaking. Yeah, I guess, because like he, he even like, they, he had to write I'll Be Your Mirror, like, for Nico to sing, I remember I was talking about, it and he like didn't want to fucking do it, and then he writes "I'll be your mirror," and that's like yeah. an incredibly beautiful love song. It's like what the fuck? Yeah, also okay. funny when artists are like, "I don't want to do it," and then they're like, "Ah, oh, but you got it," and he's like, "Fine, I'll make he's something like, legendary fine. then." Yeah, here's a masterpiece. <laughs> Leave me the fuck alone. Like, bizarre. Like, good, good job. I'm surprised, but good job. But yeah, from first one, it's there's no real. I think there is darkness that creeps in here. Um. Much like, uh, who's the talking heads, man? David Byrne. Yes, much like David Byrne, who's like, oh, I never really write straightforward love songs, except for once in a lifetime. Um, uh, this also, I feel like Lou Reed is like, well, maybe I'll, so, I won't write something straightforward. But it comes off very straightforward in the verse. Sorry. Um, the song is... This must be the place. Ah, that's yeah. right. Sorry, I said the wrong one. <laughs> anyway, I, I I also got blocked on remembering what it was called. Yeah, okay, yeah, this must be the place. Is the, anyway, yeah, once sorry, in a lifetime sorry, I'm, a I'm like it's, it's a few, a few no. ticks behind. No, I know, there's a delay, because Discord is good. <laughs> sure, yeah, it's, just, it's all Discord. I'll blame Discord. I, I, well, it's, yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> but, okay, so we hit the chorus on this. Yeah. Oh, it's such a perfect day, I'm glad I spent it with you. Oh, such a perfect day, you just keep me hanging on, you just keep Wait, me hanging on. sorry, you said there was some darkness. Yes. What's the darkness? 
in the chorus here. Oh, in you the just chorus. keep me hanging on. Okay. Oh, I see. I understand. The, uh, the darkness in the first verse is that it gets dark and they go. Is home. That it gets dark, but that's not home. not uh, real darkness. There's no darkness in the first verse. That's what I was saying. Okay. Okay. But I, like, it starts to slip in here, and of course, in the the final outro refrain. Right, because they are the reasons for him perhaps staying alive, or you know, yeah. So you still just trying on. Life. Yeah, it implies that there are reason for living things that are stopping that would would encourage him to not hang on, right? Yeah, that's true. So and I mean, we see that as well. In uh, you know, there's there's uh, a lot of darkness that creeps in around. Obviously, his entire song called Heroin. That's right, using heroin. <coughs> But yeah, he, he describes it's a perfect day. I'm glad I spent it with you. That's a pretty, pretty genuine notion there. I don't think there's any uh, any irony there. Yeah, it's one of those just real straightforward like statements. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that it reminds me of something similar, um, that like John Lennon said about help, about how he just liked how straightforward and honest it was. Right. Oh yeah. I need somebody, not yeah, just anybody. I mean it's it's simple, but it's like, yeah, that's what I was feeling at the time. Yeah. So yeah, here he goes. He's 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 oh this was a perfect day, you keep me hanging on. Um, which could be just fine. It's like, oh yeah, you're worth living for. What a nice thing. But I think as we come into verse like the end of verse two, really, and then the right. outro refrain, we start to get some idea of like Something, yeah. something under the surface. Here. Even right at the start, reverse. Oh yeah, just a perfect day. Problems all left alone. Weekenders on our own. It's such fun. Just a perfect day. You made me forget myself. I thought I was someone else. Someone good. Someone good. Yeah. Um. I mean, everyone has problems, obviously, but it does allude yes. to you know some problems. <laughs> so it's just a little bit at the start. Problems all left alone. Mm-hmm. And specifically, it refers to not solving problems, but leaving them alone. Yeah, ignoring them and not needing to think about them. Mm-hmm. Which is sometimes the worst part about problems is, th- is thinking about them when you're not doing anything about them. Yeah. Or when you perhaps uh, it, can't. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're putting these things aside. They, 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 sometimes they fester. They grow. Yeah. You get distract right. yourself. You get distracted. But yeah, weekenders on our own. So this seems to be something they do every weekend. Um, and it's, this, you know, for the weekend, for most nine to fivers, people working Monday to Friday, that's the only time you really have to yourself. Yeah, this is actually a reference to the uh, to the cartoon, The Weekenders. Uh, that's right. They're watching The um, Weekenders. Um, yeah, cartoon. separately. <laughs> uh, because, yeah, separately. <laughs> because uh, they want to talk about the plot afterwards and they don't want to... Influence yeah, each they, other's opinions. They don't want to exactly. The viewing experience needs to be pure so they can come together. They're artists. Yeah, they're artists. No, so they're they're doing anyway, stuff on yeah, the weekend. Yeah, they're doing stuff on the weekend. That... Uh with each other. They're having fun. But it's also I mean, we'll talk about the delivery a bit later, but it's also very understated. So Yeah, it's such fun. It's uh yeah. this is where you get some of that in there. It reminds me of the a bit of After Hours by the Velvet Underground. I don't know that song. Oh, you don't know that song? If you close the door, a night could last forever. Dun, dun, dun. It's about killing yourself. Ah, sweet. Um, <laughs> but it is so very sing-songy and sweet. And I feel like there's a bit of that like saccharine delivery on uh, It's Such Fun as well. 
Because mm-hmm. I think he, he's now alluding to you know the, the avoiding of problems. And he says, just perfect day. You made me forget myself. I thought I was someone else, someone good. So again, he's he's like detaching from himself. And I can see where people are like, oh, it must be heroin. He's speaking to heroin here because he can disassociate with <clears throat> heroin. Yeah, and, and I do see that. And I've heard, I don't know if this is real because it's just mm-hmm. something I heard on the internet. But like the feeling of heroin use is similar to the feeling of like, feeling like loved basically Mm. so again i don't know how close that is to to reality but that's a thing that i have heard before and that would check out when we try heroin try heroin uh (laughs) that would potentially check out with this song as well potentially yeah but i think in terms of like either he's a guy who's just doing heroin on the weekends which is like fine probably (laughs) i'm not a i'm not a doctor i can't tell you how much heroin to use but Two out of seven days a week is a lot better than seven out of seven days. So it, it seems like less of a, a problem fraction, in yeah. my eyes. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I still don't think it's about drugs, but I can kind of no, see uh, still where that, that comes from. Yeah, I think it's still just like spending time with this person, you know, tucking into romance instead of dealing with your own problems is kind of the vibe I get from this. And then that being with this person makes you forget the parts of yourself that you maybe need to deal with or don't want to think about these problems. Yeah, exactly. Be a distraction, but good to distract each other together. And then you get the chorus, such a perfect day, you keep me hanging on, and then the outro, you're going to reap just what you sow. Repeated. Yeah, several times. Uh, Of course, this is a hit uh, line from Galatians 6-7. Love Galatians. Galatians. Love Galatians. For whatsoever a man soweth that he shall also reap. That shall he also reap. Also reap. And like general concept of like, you get what you, get out what you put in. You only get what you give. Get what you give, exactly. Um, Or like, you know, you, you make the world a little bit more like whatever you put into it. Uh, yeah. That sort of sentiment that is kind of so broadly applicable, right? Like here you could be talking about the relationship, you know, the love or like the fact that he wants to pay back what he considers to be, um, you know, the other person creating this perf- these perfect days or this perfect day. Yeah. So it could be any so, of that, I think. Yeah, it could be a very positive, like, if we just take it straight-faced, it's just about a beautiful day, and maybe we can admit that forgetting our problems for a bit isn't the end of the world, right? Maybe this isn't a condemnation of enjoying recreational time, but simply a celebration of the simplicity of love and how it can take you somewhere else. Yeah. You're going to reap just what you sow? Oh, good times lead to good times. Nurturing this relationship is its own reward. You're going to reap just what you sow. Or, of course. it's about how you will eventually like these perfect days do not last you can you can go to the fucking park and the zoo and watch movies all you want eventually it will catch up with you and no matter how good you felt doing those pedestrian things you're gonna fucking wind up somewhere you're gonna have to deal with some shit eventually and you're not gonna like it right anytime you talk about reaping what you sell if you Mm -hmm. If you sow positivity, then, you know, that's what you get out. If you sow negativity in some way, then that's what you get out. So, however you interpret that. If you interpret, yeah. yeah. Ignoring responsibilities. Yeah, I can see that's, that's negative. Especially if they're, you know, two other people. That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, it's very broad, I think. But, 
but it makes sense. Out. It makes sense. I do think it makes sense. I think people turn to a like a, a drug user interpretation of this almost to to guard their own minds from that interpretation, though. Because if you look at this. And you're like, yeah, there is shit I should do on the weekends instead of like <laughs> drinking and just relaxing and, just and avoiding watching the clouds or whatever. Yeah, watching the clouds or whatever. Like I could be working to better myself and maybe get myself out of wherever I am that is causing me to need, you know, two full days of recreation. Or just generally do life stuff. Yeah. Not exactly. even necessarily like work towards some greater goal other than like survival. Yeah, take a bath, you know, maybe. I think that's yeah. what you got to do. Wash bath. yourself. Cook a meal. I don't know. Cook a meal. But yeah, I think it is meant to be brought. Because if Lou Reed was going to write about heroin users, I think he'd just do it. He's, he has done it. <laughs> he has done it. And he did express some like regret about that. But then he also said that he couldn't think along those lines anymore. He's like, I can't blame myself for everyone's drug use, essentially. He's like, I got to. Yeah. I can't hold that in my mind. So I do think this is meant to be like an indictment of the like the standard nine to five living, I would call it, you know, weekenders on our own. It's such fun. He's saying like, he's doing some of them. I read a book, <laughs> you know, like do something else on the weekend instead of just getting caught up in romance. It's kind of my read on it. Interesting. I, I, I mean, I didn't pick any of that up. I'll admit. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, I, what do we, what does the reap what you sow mean? Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. It could, it like, it could be like he's just like, yeah, fucking good weekends lead to more good weekends, good times, brother. Or like, but love leads to more love. Yeah, kind of. It could be that, but then it's like, like, like if you nurture you kinda, the relationship, then it will stay positive. Yeah, but there's just like little key lines here that I feel like we're supposed to pull some. But he also calls it straightforward, so maybe or, he wasn't thinking about. Yeah, that. or if you work, you know, he is talking about feeling like he talks about. Oh, I thought I was someone else, someone good. He doesn't mm-hmm. think of himself as good, but just for a minute, he does. So you know, the more you get that, the more you feel that in the future, kind of thing. Right. So yeah, is he saying that by investing in? You know, feeling emotionally good with somebody else, eventually you will get that feeling, perhaps without that person. Yeah, like or, in the hit yeah. film Limitless, where he takes the smart drug until he just doesn't need to he take. Doesn't it need the smart drug anymore. Exactly, and he's smarter than Robert De Niro. And buddy, that's it. We all wish we could be smarter than Robert De Niro. God, don't we? You can't do it. Well, he's too smart a guy. There's one way. I can. I can yeah, think of- if you're if you're Bradley Cooper, you can do it. <laughs> Sorry, Cradley Booper. Anyway, pardon me, Cradley Booper. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, an interesting song, it's, interesting lyrics. I think. Um, and now I can never relax on the weekend again. Thank you, Lou Reed. Thank you, Lou Reed. But what's it all sound like? Oh, it sounds beautiful. Oh, sure does. There's little, there's little pianos. Alex, are you tired? Am I boring you? Yeah. If you could maybe. Um, just I don't know more like pop culture references or something. I think that would help. <laughs> okay, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> so much like in the film The Pianist, there is piano in this. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> it is just like The Pianist. I particularly I like the part where that. he gets shot at by Russians. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I like the part where he's chasing a can of beans. 
Is that the same part that he gets shot by Russians? That may well be the same part. <laughs> I don't know. And he says he's cold. I'll be honest, he's- I caught half of the penis sometime when my parents were watching it. Don't remember a whole lot. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so there's a piano. Um, there's also a bass. Uh, just like in the movie, The Pianist. Or is, uh, is there except, a bass in The Pianist? Not a bass guitar, though. <laughs> I'm sure there was. I actually don't remember. Um, there, there's a trumpet, just like in the movie uh, Ferris Bueller's Day just Off. like, wow. And then drums, just like in the movie Whiplash. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There was also a tuba, just like in uh, most Looney Tunes cartoons. Most Looney Tunes cartoons, yeah. Well, these 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 refs were dropping hot right. refs now. And keyboards, like in office space. Like in office space. <laughs> um, yeah, keyboards. What's the what's the keyboard? What are the keyboards doing, the man? Keyboards I don't do? know. Um, they're not. I mean, there's a there's just a keyboard on the piano. That's the only one I want to. I know. Um, but there's a lot of piano in this song. Uh, possibly, I might even call it primarily a piano song. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah. You know what, Alex? Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, here's where you get a lot of that DNA. You get a similar sound to this, obviously, in uh, Satellite of Love, which is on the same album. But I also think there's, you know, some life on Mars in there. Similarities. Oh, yeah. Um, well, you know, they, similarities they, there, yeah. they share DNA. They should DNA. They should, and that DNA is Mick Ronson. Let's be yeah. real here. Yeah. So you get a lot of those, you know, these like twinkly passages and like rolled chords sound. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that. And it's playing pretty slow. Yeah. Drums are in the back really just to keep time. It's this gentle boom, tap, boom, tap as the piano. Yeah. Boom, 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 Keeping boom, it slow. Um, there's also strings. Um, yes. Also arranged by Mick Ronson. Mick Ronson. <coughs> um, but we got to talk about his pronunciation on Sangria. Here. Oh, sure. Yeah, let's talk about it. Sangria? What Sangria. the fuck's going on here? Uh, New York accent? Drink Sangria. No, I don't know, man. I say Sangria. <laughs> Uh, yeah, personally. I like. I looked it up too because I was like, well, "Let's see what Google says." And it was like sangria, and I like checked. It was like American pronunciation or British. I was like, "Okay, what's British?" It's like sangria. I'm like, okay, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man, but I do know this. Lou Reed know? didn't have mm-hmm. access to that uh, that okay. type of resource, so maybe yeah. he just thought it was called sangria. Maybe I mean yeah. Maybe he maybe heard that's it from how they say it at the school. New Yorkers, whatever. Yeah, maybe at the school of hard knocks school where he fucking knocks. got his education. That's uh, right. I'm pretty sure he went. Like I'm pretty sure he, <laughs> he actually has like a university. poetry degree or something. <laughs> we uh, talked about his English teacher who fucking hated him. Yeah, we did. We and did. He <laughs> um, wrote European Sun for him, um, but that's not here. Maybe that's how his teacher said it. And he maybe, and he says it that way in the the BBC uh, like corpo footage one too because he's in that version as well which we're not talking about today but no i watched it yeah um he's just uh sometimes you gotta say stuff weird right like he's not rhyming or anything so it's not like it serves the song necessarily but sometimes you just fuck stuff up a little bit and then people are like what's going on what does that drink what in the park and it's just a little i don't know mysterious that way it's i swear it works it's uh because uh, i'll tell you i didn't know until this week that what he was saying was uh sangria i didn't think of it either i was like drink something in, in the, the park. park i was like cool yeah and then later when it gets dark we'll dark. drink sangria 
We'll drink more sangria. Oh, I'm drinking sangria. I drink that shit like all day. Here's my next question for you, Alex. But if I put Rick Okasek, Lou Reed, and Howard Stern in the lineup, do you think you could pick them out from each other? <laughs> pick them out from each other? I mean, two of them are uh, dead. So that would help. I- but honestly, probably not much. Like, I could tell them apart from the living one, uh, but not necessarily you each could, other. you think I'd be able to get both of their corpses and Howard Stern in the same <laughs> and Howard room. Stern in the same room. I mean, that's how you get Howard Stern, honestly. Yeah, I got, um, I got two dead bodies. Yeah, I got two dead bodies. See if you can tell me who they are. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, that one's Rick Ocasek, and that one is uh, that's Lou Reed. Reed. And you're like, ah, you got him backwards. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Impressive that look you got sh- who they were, look though. Look at the shape of the skulls. <laughs> yeah, uh, they might even have been cremated. They would have decomposed know. a bit. I mean, cremated, I don't know. Um, um, yes, all this to say, yeah, you get some strings on here. They look similar, right, right? Alex? They do look similar. Uh, that was my point. Okay, is Lou Reed, I've never really seen Lou Reed with long hair. He, he gets long hair that gets curly when it gets long. Yeah, I, I've always seen him, like, early days and later days. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, anyway. I saw a shot of him like 2000s ish when it was grown out a bit, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's that's Howard Stern, baby." That's Howard Stern, buddy. <laughs> Howard Stern. But uh, if they had sunglasses on, yeah, could, couldn't tell. I just that. actually saw a picture of the sunglasses, but hey, it's not the point here. So we get the piano, we get the strings, and then it kind of like the strings build in intensity at the end of the first yeah. verse, and that that lets us explode. Yeah, into the they chorus. do that. They do that big swell. They kind of team up. Yeah, the, the strings and the piano. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then, yes, well, big piano hits in the chorus. Doom, doom. Yeah, just playing black doom. chords now. And before it was doom. doing, yeah, yeah, like I said, twinkly passages and rolled chords. Um, yeah, Lou Reed's going. I mean, we talked about his delivery a little bit. It's very understated, um, and yeah. I think flat even. And I think he's almost kind of mm-hmm. doing that on purpose. Like he's not hitting really the notes. Yeah, he's almost trying to deliver it like he's he's John Q. Public. I feel like he's giving it an everyman delivery rather than like a more rock and I roll, mean, yeah. like sweet Jane kind of thing. Right. And I, maybe part of that is just his. Oh, I don't really know. I was gonna, like the way he's like trying to keep it like low, and he's like, "I don't want to." Yeah. Maybe he would have to sing harder to hit the notes right, and he wants to keep it under understated or something. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I think he is trying to hit some kind of like naivete, some sort of uh, some sort of simple man vibe in here. Yeah. Well, it works. It works. Um, and he also yodels a bit. Well. Yeah, we we've been hitting a yodel streak yeah. here recently, or at least now we know what to call it. Yeah. Little yodlin. A little bit of yodel. You just keep me hanging on. Exactly. That, he also has out. a lot of um, vibrato in this one, eh? Yeah. He's on his voice throughout? Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. He likes to hit the vibrato. Mostly in the chorus. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, we get the kind of big explosion at the end. You just keep me hanging on. And then it, it tempers back down to that verse structure. Strings have a little more presence on verse two. This is kind of your classic yeah, pop they build. they kind of hold out. Um, the piano is also, I think, playing like some more black chords. We're still back to twinklier stuff. Yeah. But we get a little bit of that. But taking chords. a bit of that block chord like heft with it. Yeah. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also, I think... If I'm hearing this correctly, a little bit, a little bit of, well, I said trumpet, but I think, because there's like a trumpet and a trombone. A tuba. Tuba. Yeah. Trumpet and tuba. That's what I meant uh, in this song. So you kind of get some of that and it's subtle, you know? 
It's yeah, the background yeah, yeah. noise. It's playing. Yeah, truly, I like listened to the song, bum, took bum, notes, bum. checked the personnel, and I was like, the fuck do you mean there's trum- trumpet and tuba in this? <laughs> but but they yeah, do. you go back, they it is there. It is the there. Um, but that's because I get distracted by my favorite bit, which is after the second chorus. Okay. Which is the the piano solo? Yeah, the like little solo slash bridge. Yeah. Um, which is cool. The nice little piano riff. Like you said, um, there are strings on it. Like it's mostly piano. Yeah, the strings mirror it. So the piano sets it up, and then the strings come in to double it. Yes, the higher strings. It's also like very oddly dramatic in a piece that so far has been very i mean like the chorus is dramatic but in like a big uplifting way this one has a descending pattern yeah it feels very different what does it Mm -hmm. mean what does it mean man it means it sounds cool yeah it sounds fucking great um also get some horns in there they just play like Three notes, basically. We've talked about descending patterns. The horns do that, too. Yeah, so you get this big, like, very cool, um, yeah, like, instrumental bridge. Because it starts as a solo, but then everything comes together. And then we, again, cut back to this very, very daydreamy, this very broken down, just, you're gonna read just what you saw. And then the... The piano does is like ba da ba ba. After is that after yeah. every line? I think it is. Yeah, and then it kind of uh, brings nice in this cadence. remnant of that bridge section. It does this. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that arrangement, man. Very nice. Yeah, that's. It's it's a light hand on this, and it works so good. It's. It's it's a great song and such a good like foil to most of what Lou Reed's stuff is, which is usually a lot more boisterous. And <laughs> yeah, even if it's still simple, too, yeah, there's definitely yeah. yeah often more stuff going or more energy in it. Mm-hmm. And this one, yeah, I mean, it plays out just on like strings. Yeah, it's like that outro is a minute and fifteen seconds, and it's just this very delicate strings, little touches of. Da, 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 da. Yeah, you just go out. It's it's a cool song. I always like this song. It always makes me think of autumn, though. It makes me think of a warm autumn day. Warm autumn day. Just having a picnic or whatever. Mm-hmm. A sangria picnic. Sorry, sangria. Sangria. Yeah, because you know what? Because that's when it would also get dark at a reasonable enough time to like pack <laughs> it in and go home. Right. And not is like otherwise you're there to like fucking ten p.m. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, well, still here. Drank like six jugs of sangria. We got jugs. I got jugs, jugs sangria. Jugs, sangy jugs. Um, Alex, what do you what do you think? Perfect day weather. You think it's autumn? You think it's spring? It could be a spring day. I'm probably more of a spring person. Although, uh, yeah. I mean, I've been looking forward to it not being quite so hot. Mm. And it has been hot for the last couple days yeah i was too and then now that i know it's getting cooler i'm like Uh, running to get outside and like get my vitamin d while i can man well they're still making it yeah yeah well well, they're still pretty yeah i'm going to the to costco and i'm stocking up on vitamin d um yeah so hey tell us tell us what you think 
the perfect day is. Tell us your perfect day weather. No hashtag. I don't actually care. Don't tell us. You won't anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Traditionally, doesn't happen. Traditionally, doesn't happen. Alex, anything else to say about this track before we um, move forward? It's pretty good. Okay. Pretty good. Love it. You love to hear it. The song comes on. Baby, I love to hear it. Um, you know what else I love to hear? Bands your, that your have Your second named- favorite British rock band with a drummer named Roger Taylor. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, Duran Duran in 1995. Such a perfect day I'm glad I spent it with you Such a perfect day so we talked about Duran Duran two weeks ago. Pretty recently. Very recently. Not no for their cover of The Weight, but for the cover of five years? Five yes, for the years. cover of five years. Yep. What a surprise. What a surprise. Um what is a surprise, I guess, to me is that they just they I thought maybe their cover albums thing was just kind of a like a recent, like we're kind of done right. doing new shit. We'll just but they've been doing cover albums, it looks like a long time. Since at least the nineties. Since at least 95. Um, this one was pretty popular. It hit number 28 on the UK singles chart, chart. And we talked about Roger Taylor. Apparently, this is pretty interesting because this song, at the time, in the 90s, I guess Roger Taylor wasn't making a lot of appearances, either with the band or in general. I didn't really like dig into it. Oh. But he appears in the music video and had a promotional Top of the Pops appearance for the song. So that was like a big deal at the like time. Like Roger Taylor's back. Yeah, I mean, they were a pretty popular band. We talked about how their uh, Wikipedia page compares their level of popularity to the Beatles. Yeah. Um, which is always a big claim. That's a uh, huge claim, considering but- like... I don't know. I'm not a crazy Duran Duran guy. I like Hungry Like the Wolf. Yeah, I once heard them referred to as the first boy band, which, in addition to not really being true, I don't think is really true, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, like, even if you were to, like, consider a boy band, like, somebody who doesn't write, like, no, there's boy do. bands from, like, so much earlier. Yeah, like, I mean, certainly they talked about, like, girl groups uh, right. in, like, the 60s. Uh, as yeah. far as I remember. Um, and like, what was the monkeys then? Um, yeah, that's, I was, if I was going to pick like a first want a boy proto band, boy band uh, or something yeah, like that. I, I would say like, yeah, the monkeys are probably a good fit. And they apparently don't like it. that designation. Oh, uh, maybe not. Someone said it's not accurate. Um, anyway, mm. I don't remember where I heard that, but it seems like maybe a silly thing to say. Maybe they were just really pretty and everyone's like, ah, boy band. Cause because of that boy band, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and I think the connotation of it has changed, and also That's like true. splintered. Because you also have like South Korea has boy bands that yeah. are are very popular and like are their own like school of music over there, basically, right? It's like it's very uh, yeah, very different from how we have. Boy Though bands I would here, still compare it to like the Backstreet Boys instinct in sync. Yeah, it definitely comes uh, off from that, but I guess just the culture around it is so different. Yeah, but not like. I don't know the Jonas Brothers. Do they count? I do. Mm, yeah, I don't boy know. bands. Not what we're here to talk about. Yeah. Anyway, Unle- yeah. Unless that boy band is the first boy band, Duran Duran. The first ever boy band. First ever band um, of boys. Look at these boys. First, finally, a band of boys. Yeah. Um, uh, rock fucking Lou Reed boys. said this one was the greatest version of his song ever written. Did Where he did say I that? Put that quote. Did he, he did say something. It's funny because every time we talk about Lou Reed, he's always like, oh, yeah. Oh, here's the quote. He says, they've been very cooperative with me. They sent me the tape, and I thought it was great. I don't dislike pop stuff. I love pop stuff. I just don't particularly do it. So when I said it's better than mine, it's better than mine as pop. Mine isn't, I guess, what you would call 
pop. But I thought they really they were really trying to do a nice thing with it from their point of view. So he some some kind of like guarded praise from Lou Reed there, but <laughs> yeah, praise nonetheless. Yeah, it is. I mean, to, for Lou Reed to be like, yeah, it's better than mine. <laughs> That's pretty high praise, even if he means like there's an asterisk, you know. Yeah, that's you don't get that often. Um, um and it yeah. is, yeah, it's like a really like cleaned up version. I have like way too many notes on this one. Uh, okay, good. Because I just, it's like, very like went through high it. production. It is high production. Uh, it's got more of that. I mean, it's the Duran Duran sound. You know, you get a lot more. The the vocals sound much cleaner and like compressed, um, mm-hmm. and they have a like a bit of like weird echo drum on machine. it. They definitely have a drummer. It might just be a drum machine if Roger Taylor is not around. Um, but he is in the music video. Yeah, but he didn't have to play for that, right? Yeah, and but you could definitely get away with the drum machine for this. Um, they keep it. They still keep it pretty chill in a lot of ways, at least at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they replace the stuff like they have some piano at the start, but then it's a lot of like that synth pad chords and stuff. Um, yeah, and then more, in the back is just guitar. like a, a pad, like uh, drone. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> it's very, it's very like Duran Duran at the peak of their power. It's very synthetic, very eighties. Yeah, even though it's ninety five. Um, yeah, well, you can't. They never left the eighties, man. They didn't need to. That's right. Um, it's very uh, like moodyish, kind of like that, like new wave style of like detached vocals that implies some sadness. Yeah, that's yeah. They do that, especially in this like more ballad kind of uh, setup. Yeah, this pop ballad structure. It's very pop. I noticed. It's quite poppy. It's quite. It's very pop. Not really something that Lou Reed would do. No, no yeah, uh, we, you wouldn't call what Lou Reed does pop. No. But like you call, you call this pop. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you get it's a very synth filled verse, and then the chorus is like guitar arpeggio and some synth swells. And some synth swells. Oh, there's synth swells, baby. Oh, there's some swell synth on this, isn't there? Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, there's also some other things, like they had a little guitar riff, I think, in the second verse. Yeah. So little things like that. So there's definitely like more. They're filling out more space. They're just doing, I mean, a similar vibe, but they're doing a very different thing. But at the same time, mm-hmm. following a very similar structure. Um, so yeah, they like even no get piano, some uh, a lot of synth, piano on space, verse guitar. Two. Is yeah. there some piano on verse two? Yeah, it's uh, like it cuts through on the Weekenders line. It's a real like uh, you know, dum, dum, like dum, super dum, dum. like reverby kind of. Yeah, like 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 imitating raindrops almost. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just a ton of echo. Yeah. Yeah. I know that sound. You know that sound. You love that sound. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm still coughing. Come on, Alex, get it together. I'm trying. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it, it'll be all right. Um, yeah, strings on this. The strings are very, like, I guess synthetic. They, yeah, they're different from what's on the original. It's not the same. No, energy. it's not like it doesn't sound like a quartet or whatever's in the original. No, um, I don't actually remember. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but. Yeah, they, they make it all synthetic and stuff. Um, yeah. I, I do think it's a pretty good spin on it, you know? I do think it's so. It's a very I different think sound. It, Maybe it sounded it, dated in 95. I don't know, but like, it's cool. 
took care. I don't of know. It now. hit. It charted and stuff. Like That's it did true. pretty well at the time. I, I guess we we talk about uh, the early '90s, like pop music got completely discarded for like Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> But that's probably not true, right? Like no, that's not still true. To, it's to pop music. Yeah, it's, we we were there. We were there when the radio was pumping out hits. It wasn't all grunge. I was barely familiar with grunge, honestly. Growing up listening to popular radio, like yeah, I knew the big ones. I I knew what Nirvana was, kind of, but I didn't yeah. know the word grunge necessarily. I, I knew it because I had achieved it. I wasn't familiar with the band, right? Yeah, I just you know. I understand that there's suffering in the world, and I won't be reincarnated again. Yeah, I, I'm out of the fucking cycle of reincarnation. Yeah. Nice. Um, we get a do we get a kind of guitar solo on this? Um, yeah, I think we do. Uh, it really kind of keeps the cadence of the original, or what I called the solo. Um, but it, instead of the like, it plays like ba do da do ba do da do ba do da do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, uh, it's. Yeah, it almost like chops it up and then like plays it more upwards. It's a little lighter. But it is a very similar idea. Yeah. Yeah, different. Um, yeah. And then they get the, the backing vocals in for the Reap Just What You Sow section. It's true. The pretty big backup vocals and like builds up yeah. into like a choir. Um, and the drums that. too there get that really big, you know, like reverb. As everything Yeah, goes. this is where they got Roger Taylor and it was probably a drum machine yeah. first half. He stepped in. Like, someone's got to reverb these, whatever, gates. You're um, going to reverb just what you sow. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> that's what they say. Yeah, big There's also number. Some of those backup vocals, like, Oh, that's they're sick. very uh very popular very popular styled vocals yeah popular vocals <laughs> very big they're um what would you call that what kind of singing style is that alex <sighs> i don't know man some shouty person in the background that's what i call it yeah that's what you call it it's it's dramatic they're just the, I mean, they're not saying words gets the people going like, yeah <laughs> um yeah what about the music video for this one alex what about the music video for this one I'd say a lot better than their music video for five years. Yeah, it's kind of similar in a lot of ways, too. They're like, in it's a crazy. Room. The keyboardist looks exactly the <laughs> same. Exactly the same. It's wild. <laughs> um, his like bleached hair and like, yeah. eye makeup. Uh, they're all in their kind of like shiny, I assume, silk suits. Yeah. Um, of various colors. They're in this like reddish orange, but probably red, um, just with light uh, space. Yeah, this red like orange box, like basically. box. Um, we learn later that the wall is removed, which of course, because the, the camera is there. The ca- um, yeah, they let us know it's a soundstage really quick. I don't yeah. know if they just thought people would be worried. <laughs> yeah, like Durant, Durant's Durant in a Durant box, we gotta get box. him out. <laughs> All that sound is bouncing around. And yeah, they just kind of, they, well, like they play, but they start very slow. So I think the footage is slowed down, at least in the wide shots. I would believe that. Um, um, and you've got, of course, one guitarist just slumped on the left wall there. Just yeah, sitting. they're all sitting down at first, actually. And then, like, the singer gets up. Well, except for the keyboardist guy. Yeah. But the other guy, he's not sitting, but he's leaning against the he, wall. He's leaning. They're very uh, reposed. Yeah. And then they kind of slowly, like, get up and start to become more active. Just a bit, though. Yeah. And, like I said, the footage is slowed down, so it feels a little more lethargic. And I think even the sound uh, lags the video a bit. Uh, just to make it feel a little sluggish. 
a little sluggish. And then we get weird around the around the minute mark, around like fifty-eight seconds. We just start shooting random images of helicopters, sunshine, flowers yeah. dying. They're like dying Clouds. flowers, this weird like floral wreath wraith thing. That's like one, a floral wraith. One nineteen. Yeah, I know. Go to it's one nineteen, but you gotta like go by frame. Oh, I, it's truly a wraith. Yeah, it's yeah. like a little skeleton person, like a skeleton thing, and like a flower wreath. Yeah. <coughs> um. So yeah, they got some of that. I don't know what all this imagery means, man. But there's a lot of stuff flashing there. There's more. Yeah. What do you think their think interpretation well. of the song is? Is it heroin? Some of the like death imagery makes it seem like that, or at least they're yeah. talking about like maybe spending time with people before they die, kind of thing. Di- or know. yeah, maybe it's about the impermanence of your perfect days and how little yeah. they matter in the long term because yeah, eventually maybe. you're just gonna fucking die. So there's also a bit where there's like a photo album with all of them. Mm-hmm. It's not like showing them do stuff, but it shows like you know. But their pictures do move in there. Yeah. So yeah, there's uh, and then they're watching a. A black and white movie? Yeah. I don't know what movie that is. I don't know if it's it's a movie or it's just like some footage of a crowd. They're like performing for a crowd, but it's black and white and like from an old timey movie. Yeah. So, yeah, there's stuff. There's other bits. Like there's a bit where one of the band members just like on a silver chair in this space and no, everyone else is gone. So like suddenly they're alone. So maybe that's part of it. You know, you talk about like they're together and then now suddenly they're not. He's just on his own, lying around, moving, sitting on the chair, not sitting on the chair. Sitting on not Yeah, he crawls around for a bit. Yeah. Walks a bit. And then there's there's a lot of shots of, like, death. You're right, like, on flowers and hearts. So it really feels like they're going for the sort of impermanence theme. Yeah. Of, like, nothing lasts forever. Maybe appreciate it while you have it. Maybe something else. Yeah, this uh, another like flower wraith skeleton woman just pukes <laughs> fucking flowers yeah, at one point, everywhere. and also pukes a heart, but like an anatomical yeah. heart, not like a heart, not like a love it heart. Might be a brain yeah. actually. It's it's very quick. Yeah. Um, it, you see the one guy playing a sitar, which I don't think is in the song. Yeah. Yeah, that's a heart. Oh, is it a heart with feathers? And then you get, uh, I think the keyboardist throwing flowers at the right, camera. Right, throws the flowers. Yeah. So there's some weird stuff in this one. Possibly mostly visual, you know? Just like, this looks cool, let's put it in. Yeah, it did seem like maybe they, like Duran Duran's got a budget. They're like, okay, well, this song, yeah. people are liking it. Why not make a music video? We're they gave it to stage. a guy named Nick Egan to direct. Uh who also directed Iggy Pop's Real Wild Child video. He's worked with NXX, NXS, Sonic Youth, Kylie Minogue, Belinda Carlisle, and Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger. So yeah, they basically just got a fucking a regular music video director to come in and direct do his thing video. with this. And yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's all yeah, right. It's, it's cool. It's cool, but not as cool as having a name that rhymes with Mario. That's right. We're talking about Dario Campiotto in 2000. Yeah, he's Danish. He sounds Italian because his parents are Italian. That's um, right. He actually died this year. He's in his 80s. On April Fool's, nonetheless. Yeah, so he's still alive. Yeah, he's he's still out there. He's with Elvis now. 
He's with Elvis on a flying uh, saucer. Yeah, he finished fifth in Eurovision one time. His song Angelique was pretty popular. And he did a cover of Perfect Day. Yeah, this he's a guy that's five I mean, and a half minute one. I mentioned he's in his eighties, so like he's been around for a long time, right? It he's was been in doing his eighties. Jeff, he was in his eighties, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So he, he'd been around a minute, but like an interesting minute, I guess, because the way he sings sounds very old fashioned. Um, yeah, he's got like a deeper, almost like croony voice. I don't know if he's quite that, but then like this song has like a bunch of synthesizers and this kind of like dark guitar sound that's like yeah almost like a spaghetti western guitar yeah exactly or surf even like kind of got that yeah oh what's that slapback i guess is the sound yeah yeah Uh, where you get that like really fast single echo kind of thing right kind of thing is what i said i leaned away from the microphone i shouldn't have done that don't lean away from the microphone never lean away from the microphone stay close lean closer to the microphone um so it's cool. It's a cool sound. It's kind of it's got like this electronic beat and this like ambient synthesizer and these really short guitar licks on that guitar and then of course his vocals. And I think it's a cool combination of everything. Mm-hmm. Maybe partially cuz I know he's older and I'm like, "Hey, electronic music for like an older artist? That's impossible." Right. You're just like, "Hey, this guy's pretty cool. He's hip. He's with it." Yeah, but that's less true of course in Europe. Yeah. Um but I, st- I think yeah, this yeah, version's yeah. really cool, actually. I really like this one. Um, yeah, and it is the longest version we're talking about today. It's a full, like, minute oh, yeah. and a half. Five and a half minutes. Yeah, but uh, I, think it, I think it manages to hold its space. It's got a lot of interesting musical things. Yeah, especially like with uh, yeah. those synths being like, wee, wee, wee. <laughs> yeah, that, that very kind of bright, stuff. bouncy synth that comes on the chorus. Yeah, um, and then even getting some more like strain later on um, mm-hmm. over the course of the song, and like the gu- low distorted guitar. I really like the low distorted guitar that comes in later on. Yeah, you know all that. Um, so again, doesn't necessarily change the. Um, structure all that much <coughs> mm-hmm. but just puts a lot of cool sounds in there um and uh, just is a bit offbeat because of the way everything goes together you know i wouldn't necessarily think that this style of singing would go with this style of playing yeah or that that guitar would go with that synth that would go with those electric drums and yeah. like it is a like a an odd mishmash of things that seem to come out okay but it's pretty cool yeah yeah a um, bit of organ comes in on verse two about halfway through. Mm. You know, I love organ. I mean, this guy has a background. We talked about how he's been around for a while. He's got like a musical theater background and like opera and stuff. Yeah, he's a busy guy. He's and like an actor. He's a, he's a singer. Yeah, he's got all kinds of stuff going on. So it's cool, man. What cool. Yeah, and the solo on this so like is very like almost industrial. We get a lot of chopping um, so up of noises around like 250 here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, with some of that synth and, and like the distorted guitars and all that. Yeah. But it's it like is harsh still making the electronic the noises synth- in the right and yeah. then like just hard guitar in the left. And it's the same. It's cool. 
um, like the original, dun, 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 you know, just a low, hi, 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 low, hi, hi, kind of thing. Um, yeah. It breaks that up. Like you were saying, so like the, the less yeah. distorted one. Or it the divvies that one. between these bam. two things. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool sound. Yeah. And so we get some of that. There's, yeah, cool sounds on this. You get some of the same, like, vibes from the original, some of that floatiness, some of that softness. Some of that that drama in that like mm-hmm. particularly in that solo section, mm-hmm. I think, and then it it ends weird though, because we get some like end of record noises after an extended like outro section, like like literally like a record like hitting the yeah, end like his, on a record player, and the click, and then a dude says, "You still there, Bongo?" <laughs> and another guy says, "Oh shit, I told you." Who's Bongo? I don't fucking know. Oh shit! I forgot. Shit. Is it like he got distracted and forgot he was having this because he was having this perfect day, and now Maybe. he's got to pay all this money on his phone bill? That doesn't make any sense. Maybe it does. No, yeah, you hit it on the head, Alex. He's like That's... they've been like on the line the whole time, and they were like, "Ah, yeah. shit." Oh shit! Maybe this one is about drug use, but not like like heroin. Maybe it's just about like getting stoned a bit. Yeah, maybe he was just getting stoned, <laughs> and he had lost track of time. He's like, "Ah, I'm still here. Forgot to do what I needed to do," which kind of supports your uh, interpretation of the yeah, he's of the lyrics slacking on his duties because it kind of sounds like that at the end. He's like, "Ah, I'm still there. We're here, I'm still there. Shit, I'm disassociated. I was just listening to guitars and shit." Um, yeah, maybe, but I'll tell you this, Alex. Fucking Leningrad Cowboys? They did a cover of this in the year 2006. Finnish rock band. Uh, we've talked about them before. We talked about My Sharono, right? That was That's okay. correct, Alex. Yeah. Um... Yeah, they and, often and, work with a Russian military band. I don't know if they still do, given given <laughs> Russia and their military and all that. Uh, yeah, no idea. This is from 06. This um, is from 06. And uh, they are cowboys. Leningrad cowboys. And yeah, so they're you know pretty like hard is? rock. Yeah, they are pretty hard rock. And this is like a very intense version. Yeah, it's like the nothing else matters of Perfect Day covers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is the nothing else matters of perfect day covers and they're going like they constantly have these heavy drums uh and then yeah. of course in the intro and then in like the chorus the, these like high moments they add cymbals um mm-hmm. and like they have these heavy distorted guitars which of course are higher in the chorus um yeah. they also have like a pizzicato strings i think at two different points um so it's basically like symphonic metal intensity, not full symphony, but like it kind of has that intensity. It's definitely drawing um, on that. You get this like rolling yeah. organ that comes in the back pretty quick to this. <laughs> <laughs> playing fast, yeah. Yeah, and so there is like high tension on this one, and then these big dramatic notes, this boom, 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 from the piano. Like this one has like a high level of intensity to it. Yeah, which like I don't one hundred percent know that it fits this song. But yeah, I can't say it's not engaging. Yeah, I'd say detached from Perfect Day, I think it's a pretty interesting composition. I would 
I would listen to this. But it sounds more like we're we're setting sail on Viking ships than we're drinking sangria in the park. Like, yeah, it like completely drops the casual laid back thing. Yeah. To what end? I can't really say. To just yeah, be I'm not sure it like it lends to a take or anything. It doesn't make me like reconsider the lyrics. Yeah, but like it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it sounds pretty ripping. Like. And sometimes but I do that's f- all it takes. Feel like I'm, yeah, exactly. I feel like I'm storming Dracula's castle. Like when we get to the chorus, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Any anything really intense? Yeah. And there's just like layers of vocals. Yeah, a few vocalists that you can hear. That's right. And they have some of these like big contrasting moments, right? They move into the outro, and like everything. Mm-hmm. Dri- drops completely down and he just says you're gonna reap so I guess that is the one bit where it does drop down and the strings go and then you're just like back into it yeah this version is like massive yeah um, and that's kind of what I have to say about this one <laughs> that's what they do that's the song yeah they're like it's all pretty solid I, does, I just don't know if it should be perfect day <laughs> Sorry, he's yawning. Because I'm bored. Not enough pop culture references. Okay, so it's... <laughs> um, so Castlevania was kind of like the Dracula's Castle reference. Oh um, my god, I missed that one. I'm engaged again. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're engaged. Okay, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. Perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it gets really triumphant in our outro here. Of... Leningrad Cowboys uh, covers. Triumph like the uh, comic insult dog. Oh, the comic insult dog. I thought you were going to say the band Triumph. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, but that's still, okay. I, we could do, like, Canadian band Triumph. Yeah. Is the comic insult dog also Canadian? Probably not. I hope not. <laughs> is that, why is that, why have I heard about that twice in the last week and, like, haven't heard about that in years? And now this is the third time I've heard it referenced in the last week. What's going on? He's making a comeback, maybe. What's I don't happening? know. I just thought of things with Triumph in it because I, I said that the outro sounded triumphant. What a weird thing. A weird thing. Um, yeah, this cover is weird. Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. The Comic Insult Dog? <laughs> I don't know, man. I remember it existing, but I don't think I ever watched it. Yeah. I, it's, no, it wasn't for me, man. Um, but yeah, that is that. But something that is for me is Italian skate punk bands. So that's why we're going to talk about Beer Bong in 2007. It's such a Beer bong. A bit difficult to Google. Not impossible. No, um, they're an uh, Italian skate punk band formed in 1996 in Gorizia, Italy. Uh, they're melodic hardcore punk. They're formed by ex-members of Centura. I, I said said that funny. Censura. Censura, maybe. I don't a, fucking another know. melodic hardcore uh, yeah. uh, punk band. Mel- speedy punk melodic band. punk band. That's right. Um, yeah, and they're Italian. Um, supposedly, they're known for their technical ability. Uh, High-speed playing, uh, particularly drumming. Uh, So that's cool. I feel like if if any member of a punk band is going to be known for their technical skill, it's usually the drummer, and it's usually because of them playing very fast. Yeah. Um, That's my experience. That is... Like the best way to get technical as a drummer is play quick. Just play quick. No, you got to play slow so you can play fast. So you can... Okay, Alex. (laughs) 
Sure. <laughs> um, so this opens with two notes of piano, and the guy's starting to sing it like it's a little piano. Yeah, song. they kind of fake it out. Yeah, he sighs. He's like, no, I'm not going to do this. And then, then we get into some real punk rock. Yeah, I get into that fast punk fare. Um, and yeah, it's a punk remake. I mean, uh, it's literally the album title is Punk Remake. Um, hey, yeah, look at that, Alex. Volume one. Um, so yeah, they get uh, they do they kind of start with like chugging and they have that through the first verse, pretty straightforward. But they do uh, switch it up, you know. Um, as they go, like they go into the more like filtered vocals, but like the drums are still going. Um, mm-hmm. And then it kind of it actually skips the back half of that. But um, they do kind of change, particularly the drums change how they yeah. play. Um, and like earlier so you're on, that there's they, a lot of like technical, stuff, like technical going stuff going on with the drums, particularly speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of playing, they really do. Uh, drum, you really. You, the drums are really going for a while there. Oh yeah. Um, and I mean, kind of like the drums go like double time, you know, and this is like, yeah, oh, such a perfect day, but the drums go. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So the, they double time us in the chorus and that sticks for verse two. Yeah. Yeah. This is a big win for the drummer. I think great drumming yeah, on a this. A lot of it's on the drummer. A lot of it's on the drummer. Um, yeah. I, I don't believe I have to double check now cause I didn't write it down. The way they do the chugging, it's mostly chugging. Yeah. The way they do it changes a bit. Yes. As they go, and they have some, like, kind of riffier sections. But, you know, it's a lot of power chords. Yeah, a lot of power chords. Um, <coughs> and then we start to get more hardcore towards the end there as we get some screaming in. Oh, yeah, it gets screamy at the end. I mean, that's, that's the hardcore. Yeah, that's your hardcore component. And then, yeah, we go out on just, like, mad drums. It's a good time. Two and a half minutes. Yeah, it's quick. It's real fast. Um, what more could you ask for? In a, what more could you ask for? I mean, there's not a lot of emphasis song. on the vocal delivery on this. Like, you're not meant to read the lyrics and be right. like, oh, perfect day. But, you know, any line where you, you talk about yourself not being good typically fits in with punk rock pretty Like, well. perfectly, so, yeah. Yeah. So, like, there Am is a I bit of, like, bad l- lyrical quoted there. a punk artist. Quoted a punk artist. Punk rock but you, guy. You know what punk loves sometimes? Lady. Ska. And you know what Ska loves? Being... Being jolly. Born from, being jolly. I was, <laughs> all right. I was going to say being born from Mento, which is the yeah, style Mento. of this band. The Jolly Boys, 2010. The Jolly Boys. Oh, Quite a long-lived band, um, although me. I was reading their uh, description, and some of it didn't, I think, quite add up, mm. but they've been around for a very long time. Um, so the band itself formed in, supposedly, 1945, um, Okay, but I was looking up the members, and it also said, like, it still has some original members, but based on when they were born, I was, like, unless they started playing in the band when they were six, which is not impossible... But like, yeah, this is like folk music. They could very well be. In yeah, so maybe they could have been there at six, but they would have had to have been. Um, yeah, unless they were like part of the kind of second or first and a half generation kind of thing. Maybe. So I don't um, know. Yeah, their men- mental music is like Jamaican time. folk music that predates and influenced ska and reggae. 
Think of Skiffle, but for Jamaica. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's some similar things in it. Like, we'll see. There's, like, a, a backbeat accent, but it's not... I wouldn't really call it a skank, necessarily. Like, it's not as pronounced as that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they've got... Also, a, this is in the year 2010. It is so in the year 2010. Like, so, this is post... Post ska, post reggae. Like, post ska and reggae have both been born at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've been well um, explored. Yes. By the 2010s. Exactly. Um, often confused with Calypso, apparently. I don't know enough about Calypso to tell you why that is. I think Calypso is just like, uh, like there's similarities, but Calypso is more like Trinidad and Tobago. Okay. I yeah. believe. I, I believe that is correct, but, Alex. You know, they're close. So this is a lot of acoustic instruments. Um, we open with some guitar and some drumming, some hand drumming. Yeah, nice hand drumming. And, and some whistling, very, very organic here. Like the whistling. Yeah. Um, I think the bass, and they have a Roomba box player. Yes. Which is all, like bassy. And I think that's what the bass is, or at least part of the bass. Yeah, because there is also just bass. Like you can hear it right off the first note. Boom. boom, boom, boom yeah, boom. I don't know where it, where it splits. You know, where, what is one versus the other? Right. Um, what do you think about drinking Baileys in the drinking park? Drinking Baileys oh. in the park? Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess they like Baileys. Uh, does it, uh, like in Jamaica, just like hot and sweaty and having your cream-based liqueur doesn't seem good to me. Yeah, they must really like Baileys. I don't know. Like, it seems like a weird thing. I've just, I mean, obviously my associations for alcohol and, um, Jamaica is like rum, right? Yeah, but that would not be that. So I don't know. It's not man. that. Baileys. I guess they just uh, like Baileys. My parents like to put Baileys in coffee, and then a lot of people like to put Baileys okay. in coffee. I think they do so. a lot of that when you were growing up. <laughs> um, they definitely do a lot of it now. When I was growing up, <laughs> okay. I don't know. Um, yeah, the Baileys and coffee is is a is a classic yeah. combination. Um, I don't know. So drinking it in the park. I don't know, man. It's definitely yeah, it, a le- less casual drinking, I think. Drinking yeah, I feel like sangria Baileys is like, oh, we're sangria. having a picnic and getting a little silly. Drinking yeah. Baileys is like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't That's know heavy. what we're doing out here. Irish cream liqueur. Just a bit of Irish cream, baby. Um, there, A lot of vocal, he does a lot of, uh. Yeah, he's old at this point, too. He is ancient. Yeah. This man is a skeleton. Wow. He's going. His ah, yeah, voice he sounds does. really cool, too. He's got a really like, mm-hmm. deep voice. Such a perfect day. Exactly. <laughs> That's like not it, but it's no. kind of it. But it's low. It's low like that. Um, yeah. Uh, other than yeah. that, you kind of get this like... That's on a banjo. Yeah, that's right. That's kind of some of your backbeat action there. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, cool sounds. Yeah, it's cool sounds. It's it makes like for a very laid back kind of. atmosphere. Even the whistling is very like just easy breezy. Yeah, it's like do, do, do. you're like, oh yeah, we are having a perfect day, even if we're drinking Bailey's yeah, in this park. Does those ascending notes? <laughs> um, what else is going on in this one? Um, we get keyboard around like two thirty four. Two thirty four keyboard. Keyboard, looking for keyboard. 
I'm looking for it too. What the fuck? What does the keyboard do? Um, I think it's like a. Hang on. It's it might be a keyboard. It might just be the the filter on a guitar. It's just like bam, yeah, bam, bam. It does that bam, but it sounds it's a weird. It's maybe it's just a weird tone on that guitar. So there's no keyboard. False alarm on the keyboard. Everybody okay. relax. Right. I'll chill. Yeah, because what they have like they have a strumming guitar. They've got another strumming guitar, I think, um, and like some hand drumming, like you said. It sounds like like a yeah. drum with skin on it versus like a cajon or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, banjo, like we said, there's quite a bit of banjo, banjo, and then that whistling. So like that's kind of what what makes it up, really. And I think there's a Roomba box in there somewhere. There is because you can Roomba. see the guy playing it in the music video. Yes, you can. That's true. Right, the music video. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but of course, before we get into that, he there's a little bit of fast strumming in our outro. I'll reap what you sow, Astro. And uh, some hand drum. A little backing harmonies come in. But it's a pretty abrupt end on this. Yeah, after it does that that breakdown and stuff. Yeah, yeah and it's just like... See ya. We're done. Jolly Boy's out. Yeah, they play the like bum 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 like low in the bass, and then it goes dee, 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 almost yeah. like they kept going a bit too long. Yeah, <laughs> like he was supposed to end a bar earlier. Yeah, something. they're like stop, stop, like, stop. No, He's stop, like, oh, stop. Okay. He's like, ah, I was really into this one arpeggio I was playing. Yeah. Uh, so they got a music video, Alex. They do have a music video, and it's the story of a guy <laughs> <laughs> and ghosts and ghosts. His dead wives. Yeah, because that's what they looked like back in the day, right? They're dressed like fucking Victorian-era ladies. Yeah, very, like, colorful dresses. Yeah, very big, colorful, and they got the, the like, curly ringlet-style hair. Yeah, yeah. So we get him in the silhouette first, though. He does this big, ugh, and then the, wow! Oh, yeah. Big, exaggerated motions. Then we see this ancient man, and then we get silhouettes of the ladies... He's hanging out. Is he remembering his dead wives? Is that the vibe of this it song? Of, like, it feels like that. Or girlfriends, you know, like relationships. Right. But then he picks up some girl at the end. Because he's like, yeah, I still got it. <laughs> I'm yeah. like 78. You, you get shots of the whistling cowboy in here. A lot of emphasis on the dude's faces of the ones yeah, like, performing the, the song. Shows the guy playing the banjo, shows the guy whistling, yeah. shows that rumba box, like we said. And then, of course, we call the women ghosts because they literally are, like, yeah, superimposed and, like, transparent. Transparent, yeah. You got your guy with the maracas in there. Right, the maracas. That's the other percussion. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great video for, like, seeing what the instruments are. It's a great video for seeing... Old Jamaican dudes wearing sunglasses. Yeah, and sometimes not wearing sunglasses. Yeah, sometimes wearing trilbies. Sometimes just on boats. Yeah, <coughs> yeah, and then that's like at the end they get on a boat, and then they pick up some girl at the pier. Because <laughs> they still got it. Yeah, cause, yeah, that's maybe it. It's like, hey man, there are more perfect days to be had. Or is he supposed to be like some playboy? And it's like, well, dude, your life at this point is just picking up ladies still. Honestly, maybe. <laughs> a lot of like interpretive stuff this week, man. It's yeah, not, not easy to nail anything down. But hey, kind of a cool music video. It was pretty fun it's to always, look at. Yeah, I like to see when it's 
hard to tell what is playing. It's nice to see the videos where they're playing. Yeah, you get a little visualization. It's nice. And that marimba box looks really cool. It's got some nice designs on it. Yeah. It's cool stuff. Um, you know what else is cool, though? Jazz and blues from the Dutch jazz scene. And who better to give us that than Lil's Macintosh in 2012? Oh, it's such a perfect day. I'm glad I spend it with you. Oh, such a perfect day. You just keep me hanging. Yeah, so Dutch, like you said, first name sounds Dutch. Last name, not so much. No, uh, it doesn't sounds really like matter. Sounds like a computer or an apple. <laughs> sounds like a computer <laughs> or a fruit or a fruit of some kind. Um, um, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Um, this is she worked with BB King and a bunch of other people. Yeah, I was BB looking King's at her recognized. history and her first. Her, she started out doing like rock operas or something, and then moved into jazz. Okay, fair enough. Um, did I read that right? Yeah. Sure. I mean, like, yeah. Dutch rock. She must like like rock at some level because she's doing perfect day here. Yeah. Doesn't get any more rock and roll than that. No. No way. No way. Um, she keys in on on the fact that the bridge or solo from the original is super fucking cool. Yes. And so she opens with that. Yeah, she plays it quite a bit. It's a jazz one, and it's like a pretty stripped down jazz one. So it's mostly entirely guitar. Yeah, it's like two guitars. Yeah, and voice, and then her, and her voice, and her voice is very old school. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, fucking somebody. Somebody. It's very. I mean, it's like jazz, kind of gentle, uh, and also um, like a little husky. Yeah, a little like maybe a bit Tina Turner is what I'm thinking of because there's that huskiness. Yeah, a little bit of that, and uh, yeah. in particular, like noticed it right at the start when she's like not singing as much like she's kind of like on the edge of like singing like and like Mm. it's almost not melodic at first right yeah i thought that was i don't know maybe that's not the best way to describe it (laughs) but that's what it made me think of but then she gets you know more like smoother later on yeah she's kind of doing like the jazz version of lou reed's talk singing yeah kind of yeah that's a good comparison um, and then she, yeah, she kind of like cuts loose as we get into your chorus. Yeah, it's not a bad uh, arrangement here. No, it sounds nice. I mean, it syncs up with the original in terms of uh, the feeling. Um, mm-hmm. And she's got a cool sounding voice and she's a good singer. Yeah, and yeah, it's real simple moves to keep it interesting. Some harmonies on the end of yeah. the chorus, um, liberal use of the the bridge from the original, at dun, 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 which is a good sound. Yep, like you said, it's, it's a good it's sound. Very, very sounds very cool. Um, and then she whispers, "Just perfect day" at the end. Yeah, and not only that, right after not doing like the outro, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't have like That's a right. repo you so section. That's right, she doesn't. This version is a little uh, lighter on content, 257. Mm-hmm. A little shorter. Yeah. So, so yeah, she, she focuses in. She says, "Why don't let's put no doubt into this. It is just, just to have a perfect day. day. Yeah. You know who's good at the jazz version of that Lou Reed talk singing? Uh, Who? Nina Simone. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, um, that, what is that one? 
I mean, there's a live talk, version of it. it we was talked in about Wild as Bojack Horseman. Yeah, uh, we talked about Wild as the Wind. Bojack too. Horseman? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, there's the one. Um, fuck, I can't remember what it's. Uh, no, I'm not even sure if it's Nina Simone. Uh, okay. She does a song, though. She sings songs. She's a, she's a known singer, Alex. Sure is. Uh, she sure is. It's called Stars, maybe? Yes, Stars. Nina Simone. Okay. And it's good. And so it's think good. about that, Alex. Uh, you know who else was alive at the same time as Nina Simone is still alive today, and he's the reason we're yeah. talking about this song today because he covered it very recently. It's Al Green. Al Green. Reverend for Reverend, Reverend Al Green. Current is Reverend? he still Reverend? I don't know. I, I've heard him referred to as Reverend Green. Yeah. We talked about it on we this show. We talked about it. That's right. Here's the thing about Al Green. I was like, Al Green, this guy, his girlfriend dies, he becomes a Reverend. I'm like, this, what a sweetheart. He must be, there must be nothing wrong with this yeah. dude. He has se- several assault charges from the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> Every time he owes somebody money, apparently he just thinks he should kick their ass instead. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a bit of a whiplash for me, but um, sings like an angel. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I mean, he's late 70s. Sounds yeah. real good in this. Um. And right, as in he is in his in his late seventies, not as in he's a guy from the late seventies. Yeah, he's in his late seventies. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, and uh, sings very well. Uh, and oh my gosh, the arrangement in this one—it's like, oh yeah, it's all like just really are instruments that can be like really intense and rowdy, but like being played very softly. Yeah, you and got it, this organ. Yeah. You've got uh, some like some echoey synth, some drums kind of roll in. Like it is a bit of a scream intro with the drums and the organ, a little bit. But it's to a bit of like a more of a soul effect, almost gospel style, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's where it comes from for sure. Yeah. Um, but then like it never gets like super crazy. You get a little bit of the like electric piano sound. Hmm. Or is this another organ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be. Yeah. That might just all be organ. Anyway, but there's like some organ on there and like big strings and backup yeah. singers, but it never goes like super crazy, even though it's like a really like full arrangement. Yeah, it is quite full. And it's he, like he really does some some good singing on this. He yeah. even on like he says drink wine instead of sangria, but he goes <laughs> drink. He chews it up. Yeah, um, but it just, like, never goes over the top kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's, ne- like, because even when we hit the chorus, which is typically your, like, your largest part, it's just, uh, it's, like, it, and it rises, but it's more, like, gentle. Yeah, and he never, I don't know, he's never, like, shouty or even, like, too loud. I don't know, yeah, I don't know how to describe it yeah, any other way oh just a perfect day yeah he's very down low which is cool because it's like raising everything up without um going too far away from what is even done in the original you know 
Um, yeah. And even not necessarily reaching the same heights of intensity in some ways uh, as the original, but also yeah. because it's such a full arrangement. It's yeah, this version does. has, like, like as there can be a little darkness in the Lou Reed version, this one feels just more comfort, like, throughout. Yeah. And yeah, this dude still loves to sing. He's, he's, he's singing pretty high, too, which is impressive for a man of 70-some-odd years old. Yeah, you have to, I mean, I'm sure he's lost some range, because everyone does. Um, for sure. And I don't know Al Green music all that well, but yeah, damn. I just, this is, this one, I wasn't necessarily expecting much out of it. I don't know why. Just because well, he's yeah, old, I guess. Some fucking old dude releases a cover. I was like, oh, okay, who? But who yeah, cares? I'm like, oh, that sounds really good. It all sounds so good. Yeah, it's a very well produced version, well performed. Um, we do get the bridge. We get that. But even that, I think, with the use of his strings, I don't know. They're like fatter or more gentle or something. It's not that same height of drama. That the original gives us. So yeah, it's like not a sharp sounding kind of on the mm-hmm. like bowing. Um, yeah. And everything, I, just, I like the way everything just like weaves around each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite yeah. a gentle version. The he, strings do have some... a smoother sound to it. It's not, yeah, like they, they kind of ease into the note a little slower. Yeah, because on the original, it's dun, 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 like and even reinforced with that piano, there's a lot of heavy hitting. In yeah, that first song, little, that is generally pretty light. A little less of that. Yeah. And then, yeah, he's just, he's doing like, we talked about Aretha Franklin's cover of Nothing Compares to You, or was it The Weight? Well, both, actually. Where she just has, like, a lot of fun on it. And right. that's, you can you can tell here, too, that Al Green <coughs> is really enjoying this song. And, like, how he's like, oh, you're going to reap just what you sow, don't you know? It's those little vocalizations. Add levity. Add a lot. Yeah. 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 I was impressed. Yeah. I thought it was really tight. Um, but is it the best? Let's find out. Let's we got three out. categories today. It's our final verdict. We got the worst version, the best version, and the version you would play while having a picnic in the park. Or feeding animals. Or seeing a movie. <laughs> or, or or doing heroin. Um, Alex, what's the worst version of this? Uh, what is the worst version of this? You know, I thought they were all pretty decent. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw worst... To, and I didn't dislike it, even. I'm going to throw worst to Leningrad Cowboys, because it was kind of detached from the feeling. Like, it just made it so intense. Um, yes. But it's still fine. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was, like, the Leningrad Cat is a good song. Like, it's yeah. just not Perfect Day, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, and if I'm going to run through these, like, Duran Duran has a pretty good take on it. Dario Campiato, he's he's got some good stuff going on there. Beer buying, I mean, it's simple, but I technically skilled, my brother. There's some good punk rock there. Um, The Jolly Boys, yeah, dude. Weird. You don't hear you don't hear Mento a lot. No. Lil's Macintosh, very good for what, what typically doesn't, you know, move the meter with me. And Al Green fucking man so yeah i think you might be right alex leningrad just thematically is off that's what gets you worse this week sometimes that's the way it goes that's the way it goes but alex let's flip it let's be positive what's the best version of perfect day uh the best version my top is probably between dario and al green Some good choices, Alex. Yeah, but who do I give it to? 
I'll tell you, I'm giving it to Al Green. I think it's, it was just a solid take, and it's yeah, it's, it sounds good. It is good. I'll just spread it out vibes. a bit. I'll give it to Dario Campeotto. Yeah. But, you know, they, everyone's a winner today, because everyone gets to listen to Perfect Day. That's right, baby. Everybody's having a perfect day, Alex. You're having your own perfect day, having a picnic, or feeding animals at the zoo, or going to the movies, or doing heroin. <laughs> what version of this is playing? <laughs> Probably the Jolly Boys. I feel like that's a good one for actually having a perfect day to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I don't know. It it sounds cool. It's laid back. I mean, that's the same as a lot of them. Uh, I don't know. I'd probably just listen to all of Transformer. But I'm gonna say the Jolly Boys. That's a solid pick. Yeah, Jolly Boys, great pick. Um, any any performance where a guy is sitting on his drums, that's that's a good performance there. You know, the old marimba box. It's like, come yeah. on. My instrument is a chair. <sighs> easy. We're living easy today. Um, for my perfect day, my perfect pay, it's got to be beer bong, baby. That way, anything I can do, I can do it quick. I can get my perfect day done and then have time to do other shit. I have time to do other shit. I got to improve myself. I got to have an actual weekend. Yeah, I got to have an actual week. So, you know, I go to the park, chug a jug of sangria in a, in a hot two minutes, 35 seconds. I'm like, damn, this is perfect. And then leave. <laughs> he was like, that was fucking awesome. I got to right. go. And that's our final verdicts. If you got a similar opinion, different opinion, want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about, which there are a few, hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake Cressy, at some Alex Wise Guy. Send us comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. You can also email those to us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Talk to us there. You know, talk to us there. Uh, tell your friends and family and loved ones, neighbors, enemies, uh, strangers about us. You are the marketing team. You got to make this happen. Team. What you can do this week to really push that. I was watching the, the BBC footage and of course David Bowie was in it and he had a, he had a single earring that had a bit, it was a D. It was just a big letter D. It was very exciting. So what you can do is you guys can get a C and an M. You can have two earrings. You may make it one earring, you know, play around with design a bit. Listen, it's your, it's your ears. You treat them how you like. And just wear those big things around, and then when people ask you what it's about, boom, cover me. They'll say, wow, must be pretty good if they've got (laughs) earring merchandise. You'll say, no, I made these, and they'll say, well, hey, still. Yeah, check it out. (laughs) That's what you can do for us this week. Uh, But that does it for today's episode of Cover Me. And as we always say on Cover Me, just a perfect day. Drink sangria in the park. And then later, when it gets dark, cover me.